Let it out Don't hold it in, it's better out Darkness looking like bad weather clouds It can stop me cause I'm heaven bound I feel better now On the highway, Lord, I'm heaven bound Welcome back to another episode of Broken Records Ministry. I'm Mike. Micah is back this week. How's it going? <laughs> Brother Bob is here. Hello. Silent, maybe completely silent tonight. Ron is here. He. It's an it's an audio podcast, not not a video, so you got to actually say. He's still not talking, but he's here. I promise. <laughs> Will is back. Breaded wonder. <laughs> there it is. Our, I don't know, I mean, you're still special. The silent is ninja. Still, the yeah, silent the ninja's ninja. back, and Stephanie. Hello. Oh, look, at she finally moved the microphone in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and the narrator taking a uh, back seat this week is uh, Ronnie's back. Hi. This week... Uh, our scripture is going to be Luke 6, verses 12 through 16. Brother Bob's going to read that for us. Yep, I'm going to read out the ESV version. In those, sorry, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles, Simon, who he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Thank you, sir. And this week's topic is Judas was chosen. Um, this came up on my... Uh, I don't know why I'm losing this word here. Um, my devotional, and this the exact uh, verses. So I, Ronnie said, "What are we going to do?" I said, "This one right here," because we've heard Ronnie, you have a tattoo, Judas eight two, um, and I think this was a, a reminder for me to kick it back a little bit because I think in my own ignorance, thought or forgot, Judas was chosen. Not only did he eat, you know, at the Last Supper and everything else, but he was chosen from the beginning to be one of the disciples. So when you think, when we think about that, and we think about Jesus knew what was going to happen. I mean, he's the Messiah. He knew, and he still chose Judas as one of his disciples. So what does everybody think about that? <laughs> <laughs> like how? Like what do we think about Jesus choosing Jesus? Yeah, I'm calling. I mean, because you look at each and every one, and it, it goes through from the I'll make you fishers of men. I'll, um, you know, calling the the tax collector that was one of the most sinful to I'm calling the one that's going to betray me and cost me my life. But he still chose him. 
chose him to follow him, chose to teach him, chose to let him go two by two, chose all of these things knowing that he's going to betray him and be the one that's going to be the final nail that's going to be captured because of Judas. He chose Judas because Judas was a tool. Because he knew that Judas was going to betray him, and he had to, he had he didn't have to. He chose Judas because Judas was going to fulfill what the Father wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why he chose Judas. He knew it was going to happen. He knew he was going to betray him. But he also knew that the Father wanted him to choose Judas because he needed him to put that final nail in the coffin. Yeah. I mean, he really didn't need him to do that, but he did. To fulfill the prophecy, to, right? Exactly. You know, but think about, uh, think about this. We're all Judases. Mm-hmm. We all betray him some way, somehow, even, even when we give our life to him. Even when we're saved, we're part of him. Yep. We betray him. And that may be right after we say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. And then, boom, there you are, talking about something else, telling a dirty joke or laughing at something that shouldn't be laughed at or agreeing with somebody that uh, that's doing something wrong. You're like, oh, I'll just turn a blind eye to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little story on myself. So, you know, having problems with my truck, mm-hmm. called the pastor after taking it to Bob's shop. And he said, we'll bring it down. We'll come and look at it. We got to talking about some things. And um, I preempted something I was saying to my pastor, saying the words, pardon my language. But then I cussed, not at my pastor, but in his presence. Then, as I'm there at his shop, two or three other people are coming through different, different. I don't know what to say, genres of people, types of Demographic. people, demographics, uh, from a um, like district manager of an auto parts place. He comes by to introduce himself and, and, uh, and say something. A lady drives up and needs something and says something to him. And these other two people, after him telling them, well, this is, I'm not really a full-time mechanic or anything like that. I'm a pastor first and, you know, in this, both of them cuss at him, not at him, but in the conversation and it offended me. And I'm like, I had to think about that later on. And I'm like, now I'm talking to my pastor and I say, pardon my language, but I still say it anyway. I still let it flow. Like it's, an excuse. It's going to make it okay. It's going to be, you know, but in saying that, and it's to me, and I know it shouldn't be this way, but especially at, to my pastor makes it worse, let alone what I'm doing in, you know, in cussing in front of God, you know, but I still did it. But then I still felt offended when other people did it to my pastor. And I, it, within less than two hours, you know, two hours, it wasn't like, oh, it was days later. It was all of this. It was this. It was that same day within two, a two hour span, you know, and I'm like, really? How hypocritical of me because I just did this. And now, you know, and now I'm like, what? Did, wait, oh my gosh, he just told him he was a pastor. Well, I know he's a pastor. He's my dang pastor. How Judas of you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, that, that's, that's just it. We all do it. 
I got the same similar story. I mean, I was here, it's been a year ago now. I was working on a pickup truck there in my in my shop in that second bay. And it was giving me, oh, it's giving me a hard time. Giving me such a fit. And as a guy walked through the door, I didn't see him. And it was a guy I'd been witnessing to for a while. And I let it go. Because it was giving me such a fit. And I got mad. And I let my temper overtake. And then once my temper gets to where it's uh, not controllable, then the words flow. And he looks at me and he goes, I thought you was a pastor. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I destroyed every bit of credibility that I was even building in that guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Why would you, and I still feel bad about it, why, why would you want to be like somebody that still lives like the world sometimes? You know? And I think about that all the time, especially when I'm witness to somebody or when I get into a situation, that particular instant comes to my mind every time. And most and that, that shuts it down. That that's how that's how God triggers me to calm it down. Mm-hmm. He's like, Remember what you done before? Remember all that witnessing you done to that guy? You destroyed it with one word. One word destroyed it. Every bit of witness that I had in that guy. So, I mean, yeah. I felt about that tall, which is about a quarter of an inch if you want to <laughs> get on the podcast side of it. You know, it just, uh, and I, I felt so ashamed of myself. You know, I felt so ashamed because, for one thing, I let God down. You know, uh, another thing, I let him down because, because I ruined everything. I ruined it all. I just killed every bit of witness I had. So, yeah, and, and not to be, you know, pointing fingers because I mean I'm saying this is how I felt. I also disappointed myself. <coughs> so it wasn't a, like I couldn't have found a word that wasn't <coughs> like that and or anything like that. But then it's just like, man, why? Why? You know, why? Why, why did I have to say that? You know, I could have got my point across. Another way, my frustration out another way in in situation like you're talking about, because I know I've done that before, too. You know, you get to a point of something and you're just like, this isn't working the way I want it to and kind of blow off some steam to and there it is just flows out. Yeah. Yeah, Go in. You look like you're getting ready to dive into the microphone. I I am because I actually want to flip the script a little bit, but I was going to wait and see if Ron or Will or Stephanie or not Micah, because Micah might go the same way, but if they had anything to add in. No? Flip it so we can talk about it. So for me, when you sent that out, what's it mean to me? Mm -hmm. Hope. Because like you said, we're Judas. Yeah. So that gives me hope because he's already factored in my stupidity that I can find him and follow him. And no matter how stupid I get minutely, hourly, daily, he's always right there for me. Mm-hmm. And he fought, he chose me also, just like he's chose everyone around the table. Right. Different paths. 
different backgrounds, different walks of life, different missions that we're called to do. And I think that's what really spoke to me on it when, you know, when I went through it was the fact of no matter what your backstory, no matter what you're going to do in the future, no matter how bad you think you are, and Bob, I'm sorry, or unworthy you feel, any of those things, God still chooses us. Yeah. He has a plan. We screw it up, and we know that. Oh, absolutely. Or like you said, Ronnie, our stupidity, but he's already factored that in. Mm-hmm. He knows every way we're going to jib when we jab or you know, however you want to put it. And um, whether we not do it or not, it's still just that turn away that we always talk about. All we got to do is turn back to him, and he's still there with open arms because he's already figured it in. Mm-hmm. He already knows every avenue, and he still has the same outcome for us. And we have to choose that. We have to choose to turn back to him each and every time and should never, and I'm as guilty as anybody, have those feelings of unworthiness or, um, or anything. It's two times. I know. I know. I know. Well, you know, you know, you know, it hits me hard. I'm just letting it roll off the back. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. (laughs) But like I said, you know, it hits me hard. That's how I feel. But, um, it, it, it just, this, this verse and talking about it was all of these things for all of these people that at the time, most of them are not even most, but some of them were the lowest of the low, mm-hmm. you know, the, I mean, like Matthew and the tax collector. Oh my gosh. Like just, Oh, I mean, his position was high, right. but his, but as, but from the from the people from right. the believers and and everything you couldn't get any worse yeah, right. because they were cheats they were liars they were do, you know all of these things and they were just the the worst of the worst really to them in their eyes so to have somebody like Jesus come along and pluck them up and say follow me uh, you know it just to most people was how 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 can this be the one how I look at it as hope is I can beat myself up all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be compared to Judas for that, right? I do that enough on my own daily, hourly, monthly, like I said before. It's on the flip side of it, of where, oh, yeah, he chose him in the beginning knowing that he was going to betray him. But there was the in-between, mm-hmm. right? From when he said, follow me, to the cross, Mm -hmm. from point A to point B, there was still that journey in there where Judas went out two by two, like you Mm -hmm. said, and preached. Now, obviously, there's theological debates on whether he was just checking boxes and blah, 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 but, like, it's not in there. Right. It's not scriptural. Like, there's that's us putting theories on it. Right, Micah? <laughs> like you're, here, you're contemplating on here it. Here so, it comes. No, I, I'm Punch him right in the throat, asking. Micah. No. <laughs> <laughs> like we know that he loved money, and we know that like that part, but like to actually say what he felt or was why he did it, right? Yeah. That's the debate part. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and it's not, actually not really the point of our conversation, but you're looking it up. Oh, there was a verse I was thinking of. I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's several aspects to Judas's life applications that we can, that we can take, take from it. I think, 
your idea of hope is is a good one because it shows us that we're not too far gone. We're never out of reach of the Savior's love. And I think one of the main points that that we can learn from it for me is that it's about our relationship. It's not about religion. Mm-hmm. He was very religious. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he walked with Jesus. He taught. I mean, he heard his teaching. He heard. You he know, saw heard, the miracles. Yeah, he saw the miracles. He he was there. He was religious along with the religious crowd, but he never really accepted what Christ provided for him. Okay. Yeah. And so he 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 never embraced it. You know, he right. and so that led to he loved the money more. Mm-hmm. He loved he that led to his led to his betrayal. And so I think it's important for us to understand the importance of the relationship. Because I think today we can be very religious. We can go through our routines, we can go through our traditions, we can go through our going to church, almost like we're doing God a favor by showing up mm-hmm. and assembling together. I mean, right. you know, right. and, you know, we kind of sometimes have that mindset, okay, well, I did my good deed. I, yeah, I'm sitting, I, at, I'm yeah, sitting I, at church. Yeah. I, there you go. Exactly. One for me, Jesus. I, I, gathered, yeah. I gathered together in a worship service, so I'm, I'm good to go. And we can be completely lost and apart from the Savior. Mm-hmm. And, and here's Judas is following him watching the miracles and yet he's like I, I don't I don't buy it and and he and he betrays him yeah and so it's important for us to know and understand that we're never out of the reach of the father's love mm-hmm. he's right there with arms open ready to receive if we would just repent and turn from our wicked ways and turn to him then then see see him embrace that embrace that love <clears throat> I think for me too, the hope part and what Ronnie was talking about too is the fact of Jesus knew, never treated him any different, knew what was coming, knew he was, you know, all of these things, and that didn't diminish anything that he allowed him to do, to be a part of any of these things. So that should be nothing but a, a story for us to know just how good God is. And I know, like, this isn't an excuse. But it also teaches us that even Jesus can't win them all, right? Like, to him, to love him. So, like, when we're doing ministry and we have somebody that is with us all the time and then goes their own way, or we're we're going out to somebody's house countless times and over, and then when they they don't accept him, then sometimes it cuts us deeper than we'd like to admit, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it was Jesus, right? Like it was right. Jesus yep. and he chose not to follow him. Like, yeah. you know, so. And, and I think it does. Like I was talking about with the way that I feel and things like that. It's, you know, I sometimes still feel unworthy. I feel not accepted. Like I don't have a, it's not Jesus and it's not him in my life because if I could just live that way, every everything would be roses and rainbows. You know what I mean? But I still struggle with that as a human human person. And I know and I'm, I'm not alone in that. I know that there's other people out there that don't, you know, they sometimes feel slighted by, by um, you know, by the church and, you know, um, and, and all of these things. And again, sometimes I feel like I'm... I don't have a place sometimes at the round table. I felt like that and I've been open and admitted that, but there's no more place inviting than here with you guys and ladies, you know, I mean, because 
you're my people. You are the people I know God has put in my life to hold me accountable, to help me in my walk, and to make sure if I fall off that you're there to smack me right on where I'm supposed to be. I will smack you. Yeah, I know. And Bob will smack you one more time if, but, I, yeah. if that unworthy that's, count gets up to five. That, besides <laughs> Stephanie, yeah, that's probably the one I'm worried about because I think well, you I'm can throw a punch. I'm going to pay her to tune you in, boy. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, man. Stephanie is a mercenary. That's frightening. Yeah. That is frightening. Yeah. She won't punch you. No. Uh-uh. No, she's not going to have any hand, um, hand marks or knuckles on me on her, on her feet. Uh, uh, That's no, right. Not no, on her feet. Any marks on her knuckles of her hands, man. It's going to be all feet. Have toe marks across. Your face. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I still have to teach the kids. So. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. They're like, "What did you do?" And she goes, "What are you talking about? I'm just showing my hands. What? I, there's nothing here." That's right. <laughs> I think uh, if you really want to get down to brass tacks, Judas was obedient until he wasn't obedient. You know, and it it all boils down: Are we obedient to God? Are we are we actually doing what He wants us to do? Are we focusing on Him? You know, and and I get that Judas was with Jesus every day, mm-hmm. but he may have been with Jesus every day, but his heart wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to a heart condition, mm-hmm. and when you yeah. and when your heart's not right, you're not going to be obedient. Yeah. It's gonna it's just it's just a proven fact. Right. You know, you're always going to think, well, I can do it better than, uh, I can do it better than you can, God. I can take care of that. I don't need you to take care of that. I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that could take care of anything himself because he didn't need anything, he didn't need anybody to to do it. Mm-hmm. My motto was, I've lived this many years without you, I can go that many mm-hmm. more. That was my motto. Right. You know? Um, I look at you, you know, when you're talking, Bob, and nobody else, of course, out in the podcast world can see but it just it's so is so interesting to me because I, i've never known that bob you know what right. i mean so i just can't picture it in my head you live in that way because Ronnie's of seen that bob before. you know right yeah but you know what i mean it's it's just one of those things like yeah. it still it boggles my mind to know you was like well, that, but like, to not know yeah. you then. You it was know? an ugly Bob. It was an ugly just Bob. like you know yeah the me exactly. before so yeah. like and it was ugly ronnie yeah not saying that we're prize matches now, but you know, I'm not gonna like, lie. The I first day I seen him either. walk up to the church, that very first day, I'm like, hmm, wonder how this is gonna pan out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you weren't the only one to think that. <laughs> but uh, I was standing outside when Melissa was hollering at Cole, Hey, Cole, look who I brought. <laughs> Ronnie, you, yeah. you could almost tell he wanted to turn around and run right then. Yep. Yeah, my quiet, shy wife. Yeah. <laughs> Yelling down the street. That's the time she sparks up. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Pretty big event. <laughs> but I think I think the key is obedience. You know, you got to be obedient to God. I mean, it just, what I'm saying is being obedient is you got to love him. You got to want you got to want to be with him. You got to be a part of him. You can't just be on the sidelines and say, oh, I follow him, mm-hmm. and then not follow him. That was what Judas done. Right. He says, I follow him, but I don't follow him. Yeah. Steph? I know you're really Yeah, she's got something on her mind. She's got something on her heart, I think. Yeah. Um, so when I first heard this topic, my initial thought was, you can't win them all. Like, 
Christ was his teacher. If Christ can't get him, none of us would be able to. Um, And then I started thinking more about it, and my mind instantly went to Ecclesiastes 3, and specifically in verses 5, 6, and 7. And it's a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak. And I bring that up because my thinking about Judas, I think of the love and the compassion that Christ showed him knowing he was the one that was fulfilling uh, Psalm 46, one, I want to say 40, sorry, 41, nine, um, where even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread has lifted his heels against me. Um, Judas was the one that fulfilled that. And with that, we also know Christ was very compassionate, very welcoming, very friendly, um, but that wasn't enough for Judas. But then I also think of the Christ that flipped over tables and chased people with whips. And so it got me thinking, why didn't you do that to Judas? Why did you allow him to stay? Why didn't you run him off? Like, why did you ask him to follow? And for me, the big thing was... We have to have that discretion to know when, when we're supposed to make that decision because we can tell somebody right away, like, I knew who you were. I know who you are right now, and I don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. You know, you maybe are toxic in my life. And Christ gave us the example of how we're still supposed to treat them. You know, and he had the other disciples, and maybe they didn't know that he was stealing from the treasury box, but maybe he did. Maybe they did. And it makes me wonder if Christ didn't use him as an example for this is how you love the ones that are hardest to love. Mm-hmm. Like, who's who would be the hardest one to get along with? Like, the one that betrayed Christ and got him hung on the cross. Like, to, at least to me, when I think of everybody in Scripture, that would be the hardest one that I— I wouldn't want to sit down and have a meal with them. Mm-hmm. Right. But in this sense, Christ calls us to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think about the people personally who've impacted me in my past and some of the things that I've gone through and nothing compared to this. Right. But Christ showed us the, that we're supposed to reach out our hand to them. And that's what really hit me um, a lot today with in regards to um, this topic. I also think too another part that we have to be that we have to get from this is Christ was his teacher. There is no better teacher than Christ himself. And I think we also need to be um, good Bereans when we just accept somebody because of who they know. Um, I think we need to make sure that who we're following is truly in line with Scripture, and we're not just following because, well, this person said that they're good, or they associate with this person, that person's a great person. Like, we have to make sure that we're those good Bereans, and we're following the godly people and not just the people who appear to be godly, or who are checking off the boxes, or who are associating with the right people. Like, we have to go and vet them ourselves as well. Those are my two big thoughts. Remind me not to follow her on final thoughts. (laughs) Will? He knew it was coming. Come on, Wonder Bread. 
I'm just uh, a student in all right now, just absorbing and th being thankful. I honestly didn't have much thought whenever uh, it came through the group chat we were going to be talking about Judas. Other, like my only thought when it came when I saw that was what was going through his head, Judas's head, and besides that, there was two Judases. <laughs> Right. Did not know that. Uh, I didn't know what would be going through Judas's head throughout all of this. He, as it's been said, he worked and lived with Christ so closely and followed him for so long. Like, how would there not be a friendship, like, or some bond of brotherly? And how could you just throw that up? Or if it was a, a long haul of playing a tricky game, or if he had that thought or heart all along, I don't know. I don't know the scriptures to a T like that. Right. But what would be going through your head? That's the only reason, like you said, that you didn't wouldn't want to eat with them. I don't think any of us would want to, but like you saying that, I'm like, oh, well, I would want to know. Right. Like, do you regret it? Yeah. Well, and we've, we've talked before, I think when we talked about the Judas eight too, um, the still being present in his, in the Holy, you know, in God with God and Jesus. But, um, the, the whole thing of, he still was present. He still was there. He still, all of these things he was active in. So how, how do you not, just give everything over. How do you not open your heart and love? Right. Because you see it all. Yeah. You're a part of it all. You were, I mean, it, it just boggles my but mind. That's why he's chosen. Right. Chosen, exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, so like we can have like, this conversation. Like, like, yeah. Like you, we've read about it many a times where an atheist, right, goes in just to or knows the word better than some, <clears throat> some Christians. Christians. And then somewhere along the way, he changes their heart, and they start following, mm -hmm. right? But that's why he was chosen, because he yeah. knew that his heart wouldn't change. Think about this. I'm going to kind of try to try to answer your question. Judas give up everything to follow Jesus, just like the others did. Give up his livelihood to follow Jesus and do his ministry. Do I think that Judas in the beginning had the wrong heart? No. I think he was actually in it full force. What changed his mind was his greed for money. And when the when they offered him 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus, that that was the game changer right there because they knew Satan knew how to uh, Satan knew how to push the buttons. He knew that the greedy side of him would come out and be like, "Oh, I'm thirty pieces of silver. I need that. Jesus will be all right. You know, if he claims to be the Son of God, he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. He'll be fine. I'll just take his silver, live the rest of my life in 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 ease on a beach somewhere under a palm tree, drinking a margarita." <laughs> <laughs> But, no, I don't think, uh, I really don't think in the beginning 
he was the one that was going to betray Jesus. But that 30 pieces of silver changed his mind just because of his greed. So greed actually got him. And got sad thing is greed gets a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The possessions of this world sure boggle your mind. Oh, yeah. It can fog you up so bad that uh, you think you can't ever get out of that fog. But you can. Been there. Jesus can clear it right up. So. Yeah. Ron? Yes? What are your thoughts, bud? I don't don't really, I don't know what to say about it all. The only thing I get out of it for myself is love. It's a pretty big thing. Because for somebody to do that, and on top of knowing he's going to do it, just to stay around it, you know, and I I deal with, uh, or some of y'all know, there's people I deal with. And they drive me crazy. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> it drive me crazy, and I let it get to me, and I try not to, and I try to love, and I, and I love, I love them to death. But the actions and the words are so far off, it just kills me. Mm-hmm. And I try to work on that, and I've been working on it, and it's so hard not to just want to turn against them. Like so, like Judas, and just blow up on them. Mm-hmm. But I can't because that's not who I am, and that's not who I'm told to be. Mm-hmm. But yet, how do you get through? And I'm not, I'm not saying that you're you're at this point, but it's kind of like what Stephanie was talking about: is at what point do you stop? Because it's becoming toxic to you. I know. I was listening to her, and it hurt. It that hurt too. Yeah. Because the fact, I I don't want to let them go. Absolutely. But yet, like you said, the toxic part it, it affects me so much. But yet, would God let them go? He didn't. True, but he was also. So how do this is I a, mean, the perfect I, example of how can he, I justify doing that though? <clears throat> yeah. If that's not what I'm called to do. Well, and that's, I think, everything we're talking about is everything that he showed Judas and everything that he allowed Judas to be a part of, and he still did Judas chose not, not to turn to him, not to turn to Jesus. So there's not going to be everybody who does it and does it the right way or does it, you know, when we want them to, of course. But some people just still don't. They choose not to follow Jesus, even though they say that they do. They say that they're living their lives. That's, I think, the the, the true epitome of. Well, right now you got to show me. Right now, I'm at the point of where I'm letting. I'm trying to let it go to God. And all I try to do is when they talk to me and they say something, I all I do is try to encourage mm-hmm. what they're doing. It, encourage and you know, something I was told was lead them back to truth. Correct, but I Which mean, is not, his just, truth, not, not just dropping the bomb on them, though. You know, oh, yeah. because if I if I just come straight out and tell the truth and say the truth, I mean, I don't want them looking at me like, 
well, I know who he is, like y'all were saying earlier. I'm not listening to him because I know where he came from. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. I mean... Well, and this is this goes along exactly with what you're saying is we're literally talking about somebody who learned under the tree of Jesus and still didn't believe in Jesus, turned their backs on Jesus. So who are we to think we're going to get through to some people, right? Well, who are we to turn our back on them, though? It's not saying turn your back on yeah. them. You're still going to love them because right. Jesus still loved them. But maybe maybe this is going to be detrimental to your walk with God that you need to not try I'm sure it does with them. Every, every time something comes up and I think this person or these people should be there, it eats me up because they have an excuse not to be. Mm-hmm. But then you turn around and you're like, well, what are you doing now? Well, I'm doing this, this, and this. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> right. You know, you just said you couldn't do this. Because of such and such, but now you're doing this, and it, and that's what it gets to me. Absolutely, you know. And, and, and it, I'm not it, saying it I'm not guilty. It should to a point. I'm sure I am. It should to a point because, but I, because you're called to love them regardless, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know. I mean, anybody can correct me, and you know, if, if I'm saying something wrong, <laughs> please tell me, everybody. You know, because well, we no, will. I'm not the brightest light in the bowl or bulb, whatever. You know, I'm seeing there. <laughs> Perfect example. Not, right. not the sharpest tool in the shed. There we go. But I'm still in the shed, right? So, yeah. But <laughs> you know, what I mean? that back wall hanger. That's right. Whatever it is. But if it becomes detrimental to your walk, that's that's when maybe you need to cut ties. And the, and the thing it's, about you it, still love I, them. But I thought about it, and you're right. I still love them, but the cutting of that ties, it just is so hard. Mm-hmm. Especially yep. when you've made such a good bond, yeah. you know, just to let all that go, just like that. I how, heard, how, how, this is in no way, shape, or form biblical, but I heard from somebody, and I thought it was very important. <laughs> I hope it's biblical. I don't know. I mean, it's not like... Say something non-biblical. What biblical podcast. Hey, I'm just saying the way it was straight, phrased. This is straight out of the book of Mike. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. But, that you know, the fact is that, you know, the old adage is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Right? You can lead somebody to the truth. You can lead them to the Bible, but you can't make them drink it. You can't make them drink that living water. You can't make them take in Jesus. Jesus couldn't make Judas do it. So no offense, because you know I love you. I know I can't do it either. But who do you think you are? Ah. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm just saying. Because and I'm in the same boat. Like, you know, Ronnie's talked about going to people's houses over and over and over and over again. And there's people who used to sit around this round table who are no longer involved whatsoever because of things like this. And it hurt and it cut deeply, you know, and it still does because those relationships nowhere near the same. Yeah. See, still love them. That's the that's see them, this one's going. See them, hug them, love on them, pray for them, all of these things. But they are not the same because the walk's not the same. But you can't withhold your relationship with Christ for them. And you can't allow their toxic to pour into your life. Mm-hmm. Because it's all it's going to end up doing is it's going to end up ruining your walk. Yep. 
Stephanie, jump in there. <laughs> I know you're trying to. You're, you're like double dutching over there. <laughs> oh, almost, almost. Michael will stop talking. Oh. <laughs> no, I would just like to bring back to the Bible verse that I brought up in verse six. There's a time to search and a time to give up as lost, mm-hmm. a time to keep and a time to throw away. And I think we see Christ do this because with Judas, we know what Judas did. We know what his outcome was. But then we have Peter. Peter denied Christ, and Christ came back to talk to Peter. He didn't come back to talk to Judas. So we could say that he never gave up on Judas, but he did stop. He did stop reaching out to Judas. But he knew Peter's heart, and so he didn't stop with Peter. Like, even Christ represented this. Even Christ knew there's a time to keep trying, and there's a time to stop trying. It's an excellent point. I'm at the point mm-hmm. where I, I, I want to stop trying. But if he does reach out, I'm not going to ignore. Yeah, that's exactly. It. If he reaches out, then you shouldn't ignore. No, nope. right. Not at all. But yeah, I'm not going to, I can't put myself in that place anymore because it brings me down. Yep. Because I, I feel hope, I'm not hopeless, but I feel. What's the word I'm looking for here? I can't. Anxious. When you can't do it, no. When when you, you can't make it happen, I feel defeated. Disheartened. Defeated. Yeah. Helpless. Helpless. Yeah, there it is. It is. Helpless. <laughs> Sounds like. Sounds like. Yeah. Three. I feel helpless because it doesn't matter what I'm going to say or whatever. You know, he can't see through my eyes. He can only see through his own. And if he doesn't see, or he or she, whoever it is doesn't see what's going on, then how am I supposed to point him to where he's supposed to be or he right. or she's supposed to be? Yeah. He sounds like me yesterday, don't Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I was using somebody as a reference, and I, I tried to say they, and sometimes I wouldn't say they. I'd say I know. <laughs> I just, and, and I think that's the... That's the kind of the, the point that all of us are trying to make is when that becomes like that, it's it's you're going to start questioning your walk because you're going to eventually doubt yourself. And, well, I'm trying. I'm doing this and I'm doing this. These are the things that I think God's wanting me to do. And they're not getting it. Well, the right, and they're is, not getting it. So you're like, why am I trying? He's, he's going to you're going to you're going to get so defeated and so. Well, how, how do I want to put this? Well, you ain't got to tell me, Bob. I was there. <laughs> then, that, then that Sunday Cole preached, and that's when I I just said, that's it. I'm done. I got to put it at the feet, as everybody keeps telling me, mm-hmm. and leave it there. Yep. And don't take it back. Yep. But if he does call, if yeah. he or she, sorry, if they call, I am not to ignore Nope, because you're, you're still called to love. That's right. You know, I can say what I need to say, and they can take it to wherever they need to take it. Hopefully they take it the right way and not the wrong way. But if they take it the wrong way, it's not on me. Right. I, can't, I can't put it on me no more. Yep. Well, what I'm trying to say is just don't let somebody's, somebody else's problem that they don't want to take care of beat you down. Mm-hmm. And that can happen. Yeah. Because you, you stress on it more than they stress on it. So in turn, stress is a silent killer. 
We talked. We talked about it. I mean, stress will stress will take you to the lowest of low. Have you prayed about it? Sometimes, prayed for peace about it. Probably not. But let's you know, do I do. I do sit and talk to him. Like, hey, what do I need to do here? What What am I supposed to be learning something here? Do are you supposed to be showing me something? Am I supposed to be doing something? Let me know something, because I'm lost. And all it does is just eat me up inside because I want to do, and there's nothing I can do. They can only do it. Yep. I know you want to say something, right? <laughs> I can hear. I can hear it in your eyes. <laughs> I don't understand why I got to be the devil. I'm not sure. Not I'm sure. I take that. He can, <laughs> he can read it in my eyes. That's, that's scary. He can hear it. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, I know. That's. Wow, things are really rattling around in my head there. <laughs> and I think there's a difference between friends and close friends. And, and what I mean by that is I have lots of friends. I know lots of people. We meet lots of people in the community. But there are only a few people that I really led into my inner close friendship. And those are the people that are there to encourage and edify and build up. And I would say, for me... And this is probably not right either. But for me, that's only about a handful of people that I let into that inner circle. And so I'm friendly with lots of people. And we're not saying to outcast them or push them away because you can be friendly with them and still be friends with them without allowing their toxic nature to destroy who we are. Because those are reserved for the inner circle, the inner, you know, the, the closest friends that the closest friends that we have to, you know, built to build. What if they were in the inner circle, but then they've kind of. Yeah. Were. Yep. Were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you want them back in that inner circle. Yeah. And that's why and that's why there's a difference between that close friendship and that friendship. Not not saying just disown them and outcast them completely. No. I, like you said, if they reach out, then absolutely reach out back to them. Because yep. that's what it's that's what it's about. And so there there's I mean, like I said, for me, there's only like a handful of people that and some that were in the inner circle, like you said, I have some that were in the inner circle that we were really close with. Mm-hmm. And just circumstances, nothing, I mean, nothing toxic or anything, but just circumstances changed and we're not as close as we used to be. And that's, like that's part of it. Yeah. And that's part, that's part of it too. And so we just got to, the closest people that are close to you are the people that are going to edify you, build you up, encourage you spiritually. And those are the people that you want to hang around in your closest inner circle yes. of your life. And I just want to add to you, boundaries are not unbiblical. Yes. Like we know Christ had boundaries when he needed to, when probably when he felt his, like himself draining, what did he do? He went away to be alone with the father. Mm-hmm. And so he had boundaries himself. Boundaries are not, especially when you feel like it's tearing you apart. Are you going to be as bright of a light for God? Yeah. And if that's, if it, he's dimming your light or whoever it is is dimming your light, then I think you have to really evaluate what boundaries do I need to set up so I'm still shining bright for God. Correct. Yep. I remember pastor, our pastor had a sermon one time and he was talking about either people holding you back or people that you can't reach. And he said, they're causing you stress and everything. Think about, do they have any stress over anything that you're doing? If not, then they're kind of a succubus. 
because they're just pulling off of you. They're not giving anything back. So maybe that might be some of what's happening. Want to pull the needle off this record and give final thoughts? Is that a question? Or is that a command? I, I don't command anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you forget I had six kids. I didn't command anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, first one is... Oh, you got more than one? Ooh. Yeah, they're not that deep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your silver? Mm. Right? Like, what is it? And then the second one is just remember, he loved Judas too. Yep. Yep. So like Micah said, like we've all said, you're not that far gone. There's, it might look like a blizzard. It might look like a hailstorm. There's still the sun's still going to shine. So there'll be joy in the morning. Just might not be tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Well, skip half the table. On the <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keeping you guys on your toes. I, nothing. Everything was great. <laughs> All right. Well, if you if you come up with something else, and you just, you just I'll raise my hand. There you go. That is unacceptable, <laughs> brother Bob. <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna read out of Jude, verses 22 and 23. Hey Jude. I'm <laughs> and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. So, you know, we can, uh, we can take Judas's story and we can look at it. And, we, you know, um, that equips us to reach out to those who may be close to walking away from the faith. You know, so, you know, you can look at Judas and be like, oh, they're trying to walk away like Judas walked away, you know. So Christ calls us to be merciful to those who doubt, save others by snatching them out of the fire. Finally, the story of Judas reminds us that nothing good can come from giving up on Christ. That's all I got. Steph? Um, I'm going back to Ecclesiastes 3, but this time in verse 16 and 17. I was going to say, man, she's really kneeling in the head, <laughs> isn't she? I know. Sorry. <laughs> Not um, at all. And so furthermore, I have seen under the sun that in the place of justice there is wickedness, and in the place of righteousness there is wickedness. I said to myself, God will judge both the righteous man and the wicked man. And so I think with this, we need to ask ourselves, are we righteous? Are we living righteously? Because if there's an area where we're not being righteous or living righteously, then we can be just like Judas. Kind of like what Ronnie said of like it can be, you know, the 30 shekels, the 30 pieces of silver that um, 
could be dangling right in front of us. And if we're letting our righteousness slide away for that, then we could easily become a more literal Judas. And we have to guard ourselves. Before we can help anybody else, we have to guard ourselves with that. And Because ultimately, God's going to judge all, whether we are righteous or we are wicked. God's going to judge. And sometimes it's easy, especially in that word, Bob, hindsight, mm. we can look back. You like that word. Mm. No, I don't. <laughs> um, she gets that picture now. Every time. Yeah, it's ruined now. <laughs> but we can look back and we can say, oh, they should have done this. But we didn't live through it. And so we have to make sure that we're guarding ourselves, that we are not faltering. Because mm. it's easier to point it out in others, kind of like the speck in your own eye. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have mine at, uh, but the greatest of these are love. I think that this is just a, should be the glowing reminder of Jesus's love for us and allowing, um, you know, Judas to still walk with him and, and everything. And, uh, just remember that love, that unconditional um, and I know to some people I say it wrong, but this is just the way I was taught to say it, it was um, agape love, uh, that unconditional, unwavering love of, of Jesus. Can you say it one more time? Agape. Yeah. <laughs> I might get comments or Carl may call me and be like, listen, listen. That's why I wanted you to repeat it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Micah? Yeah, I'll just bounce off what you said. I think it's about the unconditional love of Christ, and we're never going to be able to understand that kind of love. I think of the creation when God created Adam in the garden, and he spoke the world into existence. I mean, he said, let there be light, and there was light, except when he made man. The Bible says he formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He took time. He didn't just speak us into existence. He took time to form us, and it shows the great love knowing that Adam is going to disobey him. Yet he still created him and still put him in a perfect environment. And those two places in all of creation, all throughout Genesis 1, we see that it was good. It was very good. And there's the first time is inside the garden where he says, it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make a helper for him. So the first time in all creation, everything's good. And then it's not good in a perfect environment because there's no one there comparable to Adam to help him and to, and to nurture him and to walk with him. And then the second time is, of course, the fall when they choose, Adam and Eve choose to disobey God and eat of the fruit. And yet God still created them. He still, he still did that. And Judas is the same way. Judas followed him. And God, God is there showing him and giving him every opportunity to follow him. But we have a choice. The choice is whether we're going to reject him and reject what he's done for us on the cross or whether we're going to accept it. And we all have to make that choice. We can't make it for somebody else. We can't force somebody else to do it. That's, that's our choice to make. And like Bob said, we're easily distracted. I mean, think of some of our, not to call us all out, but think of some of our podcasts. You know, we're kind of all over the place sometimes mm-hmm. because we're easily distracted. And we get that in our walk with Christ. We get easily distracted by the things of the world and the traditions and the false worship. And, and there's lots of things that are easily distracting us from the truth. 
And it's important for us to stay focused on Him and focused on who Christ is and not get sidetracked by all the distractions that Satan wants to throw out there at us. The fiery darts that he throws out there are big and they're real, and they come in all forms, even sometimes that look like good forms. Mm. And sometimes it looks good, and yet the the back the hindsight of it is is it's it's uh I mean Satan not to go into preacher mode, but Satan was in heaven, Preach he it. was and, and Satan in heaven, he was the he was the he was responsible for worship. In heaven. I mean, that was one of his responsibilities before he got prideful and God cast him out of heaven. So it's not surprising to us that he will distract us the boiler. Okay. Um, I, like, yeah. I don't know why I know, it's I know it's not weird your podcast, first, nobody like, knows that, but the look on everybody's face every time it, it fires up. And so, so Carl or Ronnie will have to edit, 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 that, edit that out now that I called it out. Called it out. <laughs> so maybe they'll leave it in. But I mean, um, we have a choice. You know, we have a choice to make. That that we I don't even know where we're at, but <clears throat> that God reaches out to us in His unconditional love, and it's not about tradition. It's not about assembling together. It's not about giving money to a church. It's not about baptism. It's not about all these things. It's about a relationship, and it's about Him and focusing on Him and not getting distracted by the things that things of the world. Yeah. Well. Yeah, oh, you raised his hand even. Teacher, teacher. All right. Uh, one, uh, boundaries are biblical, and I don't remember where you said in Ecclesiastes. I don't remember the verse, but I want to get that before we leave. Thank you. Uh, and then, while others were talking, I looked it up uh, in Matthew 20 for what happened to Judas afterwards. Uh Paraphrasing, uh, Matthew 27, 3 through 5, uh, Judas is remorseful and hangs himself, returning the 30 pieces of silver <clears throat> after he sees Jesus condemned. So to me, that says that it was before Jesus even died. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I had that question earlier, so I just gotcha. throw in my answer. Yeah. A whole different podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're like, whoa, round two? No. (laughs) Um, Will, will you go ahead and uh, pray us out? Did Ron say something? Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Showed you how much I pay attention. I'm sorry. I love you. (laughs) All right, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for all you are and all you do. Uh, We thank you for the conversations that may have not been easy, uh, the thoughts that have not been easy to come to terms with. Uh, But we thank you for them, and we thank you for each other, Father. Uh, Anyone battling the hardship of possibly letting go of a friend with boundaries, Father, I ask that you give them peace overwhelmingly. Father, I ask that you keep us safe. We thank you for your love and kindness. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we'll uh, catch you on the flip side.